We have a couple of God sightings. Um, so in my family, um, over the course of um, this entire pandemic, we've been um, concerned about Clint's grandmother, Clint's grandmother, and she's had some ups and downs health-wise, and it's been um, hard on everybody, especially Clint, not to be able to um, be near her. Um, Clint's mom and grandmother are both fully vaccinated, and as of next week, Clint's second shot will take full effect, and he's going to be able to go see his grandmother, and I'm um, just beyond grateful for all the different things have, that have had to go together um, to make that a possibility, and um, I know that our family story is probably, you know, one of the many stories of those small things that are becoming possible that um, we've waited and hoped for, and um just so grateful. Um, so that's a God sighting. And along with it, I um, ask that we all continue to just show a lot of compassion and a lot of care and a lot of patience with each other because it has been quite a year and different people have different levels of fear. Different people have different feelings. We're at different places on um, whether or not we've been able to get a vaccine and whether or not we feel safe and comfortable doing that. And it is a lot to carry. It's a lot to carry for any individual, for any family, and it's a lot to carry as a congregation. Um, unfortunately, we are people filled with the love of Christ. We are equipped to love each other well, even as things feel weird. And even as we're in transition, um, and um, it's a God sighting for me to know that this is a group of people who can do that, who can love each other well, um, even while things are kind of weird. Um, we had a really neat thing happen as we continue to work on our on the open hearts place homes. They've done some more clearing of land, and we're getting ready to put in the retaining walls. Um, but this morning when Anna, do you have that picture? So when Anna went by to look at the, um, the site, it's a little hard to see. Yep. Oh, there you go. So our homes project is named Open Hearts Place and somebody managed to back their truck up in just the right way to make the shape of two intertwined hearts. Um, which is what we're aiming for, figuratively, um, of bringing people together and drawing hearts together through the work of that um, project. Just a reminder, if you're curious for more information or if you're feeling like, hey, I've got some energy and some time um, to kind of help get that, um, keep that moving along, it is not too late to get involved. If you're interested, curious, or want to find a way that you can help, check in with Madeline Russ. And we will get you on board because um, I don't want anybody left out of it. It's pretty amazing. Um, do you mind just leaving the um, hearts picture up for a minute? Okay, we're going we're gonna to keep that up as our God sightings background for now. <laughs> All right. We also have a number of prayers to share. Um, and a couple of them are detailed, so just hang with me. Um, Trip Berry asks for prayers for Avery Hash. Avery was in an ATV accident. He was airlifted to the hospital and is in critical con condition. 
the female passenger that was on the ATV um, was ejected from the vehicle and died on impact. So prayers for her family, um, prayers for Avery, prayers for his physical recovery, prayers as he um, comes to realize and process the magnitude of that accident and the loss of somebody's life. So um, that's a lot to hold. Thanks, Trip, for bringing that to us, and we will absolutely um, pray with you for Avery. Um, we're going to pray for the family of Fred Davis. That's Don Davis's brother, and he died, was it yesterday? Thursday. Um, so if you can hold um, the family of Fred Davis, especially Don and his family, in your prayers. Um, also the family of Ernest Johnson, who was one of the cousins of our Johnson clan, um, who died this past week. Um, Rachel Brunner is in the hospital and, um, her organs are shutting down. So prayers for her that, um, if this is the end of her life, that it would be a good end and that she would be received into God's arms. And if it's not the end of her life, that she would, um, be able to recover and gain new strength. Um, our bakery volunteer Vesta Payet is having some troubles and needs our prayers. And a woman named Shirley and her husband, who both have COVID and are hospitalized. Um, that's part of the part that's weird, right? Like we're coming out of this, the numbers are better, a lot of folks are vaccinated, and a lot of folks are still hurting and in danger. So um, we hold all of that in our hearts. Will you pray with me? God, you are truly the mother of us all. From yourself, you have brought forth life and called it good. And by your care, each one of us is created. As we celebrate Mother's Day, we know that some of us have rich and joyful memories of our mothers. Some of us have had um, rich and fulfilling experiences of being mothers. Some of us have been deeply wounded by our mothers or our mothering. Many of us have experienced all of these things. We're grateful, God, that your love is enough to hold all of it. We ask you to strengthen our joy, foster our happy memories, and help us to care well for others, whatever our own experiences have been. God, we pray this morning, especially for those who have lost their mothers in the last year. So many lives have been lost and so many people miss loved ones. And so we pray your care and blessing and healing for all who need it. We pray for the leaders and rulers of our world God, for those people who make decisions that affect so many others, we pray that those decisions would be full of wisdom and discernment 
and be for our common good. We pray for our President Joseph and our Governor Roy and all those who are elected and appointed to be our leaders. God, may we together with them seek what is right and true and good. May we expect from them and may they call from us our best selves, ready to problem solve, ready to connect, ready to care for the people in the world around us. We pray for this, our local, local community in Morganton. We pray for everybody responsible for helping to keep us safe and healthy, for our doctors and nurses, for our EMTs and public safety and fire, for our mental health providers. May we do our part, O oh God, to care for ourselves and one another. May we make choices that increase the thriving of everybody. We pray for the particular concerns that have been brought this morning. We pray for Avery Hash as he recovers and for his family as they care for him. We pray for the family of his passenger that they would find comfort in this time of grief. We pray for the families of Fred Davis and Ernest Johnson. We pray for Rachel Brunner and for Peggy Johnson. We pray for Vesta Pyatt and for Shirley and her husband. And God, even as we speak so many prayers aloud, we know that there are prayers and desires and hurts and hopes that we carry in our hearts for ourselves and for those we care about. We pray for these, O oh God. And we pray especially for those who have no one to pray for them, for those who feel unseen and unheard in their need. Make us people who notice and to extend your care. We bring all these prayers in the name of Jesus who is teaching us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Tom Russ has been leading his Sunday school class through a series of scriptures that are important to him, which is really neat. It's fun to step aside from, you know, somebody else's list or um, a particularly uh, orchestrated approach and just explore scriptures that, that have been meaningful in the lives of people that we know. And I um, <clears throat> did something similar this morning without really thinking that I was going to be doing uh, piggybacking on Tom. So 
Um, our scripture this morning comes from Philippians chapter 1. We'll start with verse 3. So it's Philippians 1, 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying in joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus for the glory and praise of God. These are God's words for God's people, and we say, thanks be to God. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. I love Paul's just faith and confidence and willing to just say it out there. Like, y'all may feel like just sort of a normal group of people doing the best you can. Might not feel like you're getting anywhere. You might be worried. The people in Philippi were far away. They saw that um, Paul was in prison. They didn't feel like there was a lot they could do. And yet, God began a good work. And you can be confident, you people of Philippi. You can be confident, you Paul stuck in a prison cell. You can be confident, you Christian living in Morganton. You can be confident, St. Matthew's Church, that the God who began a good work is a faithful God. That the good work begun in you truly is good. That it's worthy and worthwhile. That it matters that a group of people comes together in the name of Christ. It matters whether we all agree agree on the next steps. It matters whether or not we're all quite sure about this whole faith thing anyway. It matters that there is a group of people who love Jesus and love one another and are willing to keep acting on those loves, who are willing not only to act on those loves, but to let that love spill over into the neighborhood and the town and even the world. The God who began a good work in you is faithful. It is a good work. And God will bring it to completion. We don't know exactly what that looks like. We don't know exactly God's timing. 
we're not sure about the steps along the way, we may have a lot of questions. But God does not leave God's work unfinished. God, who began a good work, will be faithful to complete it. So we can take heart, we can participate, we can trust God, we can lay down our sort of worries in the places we get tied up in knots about, am I doing it right, am I doing, en- am I doing enough, but what if this, but what if that, but what if it doesn't turn out the way I hoped? Yeah, all that's there, all that's real, and God is faithful. And the God who began a good work will faithfully complete it. And we can be a part of it. Paul also leans into the partnership. He, um, in the translation I read from, it says, he's grateful because of your sharing in the gospel. Um, And then he talks later about um, how they hold him in their hearts and how they share God's grace. At the time that this was written, so um, some translations might talk about fellowship. It might be that in your Bible, you see the word fellowship. And when we think about fellowship these days, we think about what we do in the fellowship hall. We think about sharing potlucks. We think about enjoying being together. We think about um, hanging out in a sort of churchy sort of way. Like that's kind of the, the current definition of fellowship. There's nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. It's fun. And potlucks are delicious. And what Paul is talking about is um, something more along the lines of like a business partnership of like, we're all in, we're all in this together. And the success of this venture requires the dedication of each person who's a part of it. So their sharing in the gospel or their fellowship in the gospel certainly includes feeling warm and um, positive about each other and about Jesus, but it also means showing up early to make the coffee so people can enjoy it. It also means giving of financial resources so that the ministries we care about can continue. It also means listening to somebody who's hurting. It also means sending birthday cards to people who might feel forgotten. The fellowship, the sharing in the gospel means that when we realize that this unlikely king of the world truly is king, that Jesus truly is over all and truly is making new possibilities and bringing God's kingdom to bear. When we recognize that, we then start to behave and connect as people who are responsible together for embodying that, for putting legs on it, for giving it to each other and for sharing it in the world. And so Paul talks about this partnership in the gospel 
It's a team sport. So much of our Christian formation has had to do with what do we do in our private devotion times. And those are really good. That's like soccer players who dribble the ball alone in their backyard over and over and over again to get used to the steps and to be ready. But nobody plays a soccer game and certainly nobody wins a soccer game by dribbling the ball around their own backyard. The real work happens, the real game happens when the team comes together. And when we play our roles and when we reach out in the world. And so it's sometimes really easy to think, why doesn't somebody else such and such? Or I wish, wish my church would so and so. We are the church and you are somebody. So if you want your church to do something, if you want somebody to show love in a particular way, it's a team sport. Call somebody on the phone. Get on it. Partnership in the gospel is a team sport. And we've got the, um, we've, my sports analogy is going to break down because it's like you've got smaller units within a bigger thing, right? Like all the Christians in the world are in one sense the team. But we don't really meaningly, meaningfully and effectively and day by day connect with all the Christians in the whole world. Like that's just too many people <laughs> to really be working on plays together with, right? But we right here our St. Matthew's Church. Some folks have been around a really long time. Some people have not been around a really long time. But this is an opt-in team. If you showed up, if you want to be a part of the deal, you're part of the deal. If you're part of the deal for an hour, you're part of the deal for the hour, and praise God for that hour. If you're part of the deal for your lifetime, awesome. Praise God for that lifetime. But we are a team. And, um, you know, we're getting ready to have a pastoral transition. You're gonna have a different teammate with a different set of skills and to be honest, a different sets of, set of faults and failings. Not because anything bad, but because your new pastor, guess what? Is a human being, <laughs> okay? And so I don't know Pastor Lisa yet, I don't know. You will learn which things are those things that she's great at and which things are those things that somebody else on the team is gonna need to step up because we want this to happen and we want people to be cared for. And this is a team. So I um, look forward to hearing about the ways this team is adapting, about the ways you become stronger as you learn your positions, as you adjust to a new player, and as you configure how to be the best team that you can be. Um, that was Paul's celebration for the church in Philippi. And that is a celebration that any um, pastor or leader would have to hear that the people that they loved and led to the best of their ability with all their strengths and all their faults was able to continue a partnership in the gospel and was able to be a stronger team
going forward. Um, so I hope that for y'all. And, um, you know, I, we're a team. For as long as I'm still here, I'm on the team. I will do the best I can. And when I leave this team, I will still be part of the bigger kingdom of God team. We're in this thing together. So finally, Paul says his prayer or tells them his prayer for them. And um, I could go on and on. It's a danger when the pastors start talking about a passage they really like. You can get, we're not going to do that. Um, but just Paul prays that they would have love that leads to wisdom. Love, yes. And love that's a strong feeling, yes but also love that leads them to know new things and do new things and grow in wisdom. Wisdom that grows out of love is not, I looked it up on Wikipedia wisdom. It's I lived it, I've walked the road, and I am willing to take on the new information, the new relationships, the new experiences, and grow from them. Paul wants them to have a love that leads them to grow individually and as a group. So then, as they have a love that leads them to grow, he also prays that they would have full insight to determine what is best, that the love and wisdom would become mature, mature, mature moral discernment, which is a fancy way of saying you live in the world and you figure out What's good and right and what do you need to try to make more of? You recognize it because of the overflowing love and the wisdom. And you develop the ability to look around and say, what's good around here and what do we need more of? And what's not good? What do we need to stop giving energy and attention? What's good? What do we want more of? And how can we make that happen? Mature moral discernment. And finally, that they would be, in the translation that I read earlier this week, but not the one that, that you heard this morning, that they would be filled with the fruit of right living. That, so the word righteousness has to do with a full life that's lived rightly. That that sort of moral discernment about like what's good and how, I can, how can I lean into it that that would then bear fruit, that you would actually experience the joy and the blessing that comes from that. Unfortunately, we live in a broken and fallen world. Sometimes we do all the right things and we don't feel or see the results. But often we do the right things and we do bear that fruit and we get to enjoy it and we get to share it. And that's Paul's prayer for the church at Philippi, that's my prayer for St. Matthew's, that as you lean into the good work that God is doing, as you act as the team God has created you to be, as you grow in love that leads to wisdom, as you grow in moral discernment, that you would then experience and receive the fruit of all of that good. Not only so that you get to eat delicious fruit, but because we live in a world that's in desperate need of that kind of fruit. I'm grateful with Paul for God's good work. And I'm grateful with Paul 
for people who are willing to be a part of it. Keep it up. Thanks be to God. Please join me as we reflect on our closing song. Love divine, all love's excelling. Joy of heaven to earth, come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling. All thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation, enter every trembling heart. into this week filled with the love of God who has begun a good work in each of you and in all of you. And may you participate as God brings that good work to its completion. Go in the name of the one who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.